Here's an idea. How about we give some actual living human comedians a listen to? But if you want to listen to the genuine George Carlin, he has 14 comedy specials that you can find anywhere. R.I.P. George Carlin. Love and respect to Kelly Carlin and the Carlin legacy. <laughs> Shut your bitch ass up, nigga. <laughs> What's going on, beautiful people? <laughs> it's your boy, Black Zeus. Welcome to another episode. This is Black Zeus, the podcast, season four, episode 49. 49 weeks. One more to go. Then we keep going. That's <laughs> the, whole, the whole fucking plan. Uh, we're going to be in season five soon, but we're already in the new year, the new energy, the new, new. Uh, I'm I'm amped, but only because I had a fucking amazing weekend of shows. How about that? But I'm also, I'm also pretty chill because I'm burnt out <laughs> and that's, and that's all right. I hope you guys are doing all right. Hope you had a good week. Um, you know, I guess... <laughs> Let's fucking, let's get this guy in the studio. Let's get the number one producer in the game into the studio. He's so good that he devotes his time to this podcast, which doesn't really have many people that know about it, but but we're getting there because of you, the beautiful people. Thank you for being here. We love you. Uh, We're at like 319 subscribers as of this recording. Once again, we started at 27, Okay. So this is monumental. We started at 27 a year ago, and then I decided to give a fuck. Uh, and I'm like, yo, I actually want to like get my, I'm good at comedy. I want to start doing it around the world. Let's actually get known around the world. Let's do that through YouTube, where everybody in the world is trying to be known around the world. God damn it. This shit is hard. But it's because of you, the beautiful people that hit the subscribe, hit the like, leave comments, do all that good shit if you enjoy what you do, uh, and if you enjoy what we do. Yeah, I'm getting better at it, but I'm not, I still kind of don't care. We're not begging over here, my nigga. Do what you want to do. But, you know, do the thing. Hit the button. I don't give a shit, but I do, but I don't. Nah, I don't. But actually, before we bring Dante into the studio, let's do one thing. Let's actually promote some motherfucking comedy. Uh, I still got a bunch of shows for January, so um, listen up if you're trying to see me in Southern Ontario. Also, if you want to see me perform somewhere else, leave a comment uh, and hit me up in a DM or something. Send a titty pic. Uh, (laughs) This is is getting fucking crazy. Anyways, uh, London, Ontario, January the 19th. That shit is sold out, nigga, so I don't give a fuck. Uh... I should still say, I guess I'm doing it's it's for Island Fest. Shout out to them. Uh it's at Fork River Brewery, but again, it's sold out. So go fuck yourself. Uh <laughs> on the on the 20th, I will be in Etobicoke, Ontario, which is just outside of Toronto, 
for Toronto Be Like Etobicoke edition on the 25th. I'm at Revival in Orangeville. Revival is a private lounge. It's swanky. I saw probably the sexiest woman I've ever seen in, in my 30s there. Um, so maybe she'll be there again. But but I'll but I'll be there doing comedy. <laughs> On the twenty seventh, I am back together again with different nights. One of the, one of my favorite promoters in Toronto putting on shows. Uh, so we will be with them on the 27th in Toronto, rolling on to the 28th, Sunday, January 28th. You already know my favorite show, the best show, Canada's version of Def Comedy Jam, Kenny Robinson's Nubian Disciples of Richard Pryor. Your boy's dropping a headline set, so make sure you're there if you're in the Toronto area on the 28th. And then on the 31st, last day of the month, I'll be at the Libertine in Toronto for Afro Night, closing that bitch out. And then we're going to roll right into February for a ton of shows. And, um... I guess I guess this is a good place to announce to the people that do subscribe to this. My comedy special is releasing, I'll say, in the next three to four weeks. I'm 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 putting it on wax. I'm dropping that bitch. Uh, it'll be out early release in three to four weeks, and then it'll be out for free on YouTube. So if you actually want to support a nigga, I'll probably have uh, some preview shit somewhere up there on my YouTube. You could tell I give a fuck, but I don't. That's kind of my vibe. Uh, <laughs> look, look, nigga, I'm a comedian. I don't give a fuck about this shit, but I do. And that's pretty much, that's it. Uh, support live comedy wherever you are. If you, even if you can't see me live, wherever you are, get off the fucking screens, put your phones down, close your laptops, go outside, fucking rub your eyes, let the sun get in there, and then go see some live art. You'll be very happy you did. Um, and now let's do what we gotta do. We need a producer in the studio. Let's summon the nigga. <laughs> let's summon the nigga. <laughs> sounds like that sounds like some fucking pop lyric. Yeah, we gotta summon the nigga. Pull the trigger on a hitchy figure. <laughs> Dante's in the studio. Pura <laughs> vida. All my couple colored people dodge the hijack. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on, Dante? Uh, not much. How you living, bro? I'm blessed and highly favored. All right, what's new? What you been up to? What have I been up to? What is new? I ask you this shit every week, and you still are not prepared. I know. What have you been doing, dog? And don't I, oh. tell me no goddamn video games. No, I'm joking. Tell me whatever. I've been reading. Hey, yep. nerd ass nigga. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what you what you reading? I've uh, been re oh, actually, I told you about it. Um, this book called Critical Path by Buckminster Fuller. <laughs> That's a wild name. I know. Buck right? Buckminster. I'm reading a book by Buckminster. Yes. Mm, yes. Can you can you do a British accent? What's your best British accent? <laughs> yes. Mm, yes. I don't know. I can't really do one. I can do the little. A little thing, but not really. All right, fair enough. You got okay. You turn it into something <laughs> for a second. I was about to flame you, but you got, you got there. Top boy, you're doing some top boy shit. You fit my feud, fam. Yeah, I'm they fuming. ate my feud, fam. I mean, I'm fuming. I'm fuming, fam. <laughs> I'm up, bruv. I'm up. Uh, uh yo, uh, <laughs> big man ting, yeah. Big man ting that. Uh, wait, what's the what's the the jacket, nigga? Damn, I can't remember his name. He was hot for five minutes. He, he had his 15 oh, minutes. Oh, Big Shaq. Big Shaq. Man's not hot. Man's not hot. Yo, take <laughs> off your jacket. I said, man's not hot. Yeah. All right, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the British niggas. Uh... <laughs>
<laughs> Yo, I'm telling you, bro, I can't wait for the studio vibes to change for season five because I'm um, like all that new energy that I've been bringing to the comedy stage. Yeah. Like I'm still kind of riding out this. This season's been like the laid back. I got the couch. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking burnt out every episode. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, when I, when I get that desk in. Yeah. And when I, when I get the, the proper vibes going, like I think I have finally hit the stride for the podcast with your help, man. Like yeah. the, the, the vision has been fully transformed and, and obviously, you know what we got cooking up. Yo. Uh, with some more comedy shit on this channel to stir the pot, nigga, to stir the stir the pot. Uh, but yo, brick. Dante, what you been doing? So as I was saying, um, <laughs> I've been reading this book called Critical Path mm -hmm. by Buckminster Fuller. <laughs> Still can't, but continue. Um, and it's it's a pretty interesting book. He basically talks about um, the critical path, meaning the steps that hopefully everybody in the world should be taking. Is it like a mentality thing? Kind of. It's like a mentality thing, but also it's like a a scientific-based mentality. Like one thing that he says is really sick is right. how um, black holes are just as needed in the universe as anything else in the universe. So even though we see black holes as negative, it's like the universe is inward out but the black holes are the outward in, so it's also the reverse that you need. So it's not technically bad because it's just. Are as people needed. out here saying the universe doesn't need black holes? Well, people see black holes as only bad. Well, but people, his, I, okay. Well, here's my theory on that: because people see black as bad, because <laughs> yes. come on now, nigga. <laughs> yep. White people are <laughs> angels. Dark people, niggas. Yep. <laughs> Garbage, and then you have fucking shit like Star Wars. It, it's the light side versus the dark side. Pick a side. If you're dark, you're bad. <laughs> ah, stop with this horse shit. There is no good and bad. It's all in your fucking mind, you well, bum. That's what he talks about. He says, Hey, no look at that. Bad. I read the book. Well, it starts <laughs> off. The first line is this book is based on the premise that there is no such thing as good and bad. Yo, bro, that's my version of the book. You bum. <laughs> Yo, it's not such thing as good or bad. You bum. And one page book. Put that shit on Amazon, nigga. But, oh, you know what they should do? Do you, you might not be old enough to remember these shit. Back in the day, they would have these messages burned on wooden plaques. Do okay. You, do you remember this shit? Ooh, I, I, I remember. Like decorative. Yeah, like live, laugh, love. Yeah, live, live, like. But, oh, man. Um, I had one. I might still have it somewhere. It's like every now and then I ask God, uh, uh, wait, when I pray, I ask God for a little money, uh, a little peace. And every now and then I ask God for a little, for just a little something. I don't know. It was something about pussy. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was some white dude saw a piece of wood. He was like, let me write this thing about, and let me write a pussy joke with God on this wood. <laughs> <laughs> so did you finish the book no no i'm just starting it oh like you just started How, is, is it a big book it's pretty hefty nerd <laughs> nerd ass nigga yo i'm only saying that because i'm jealous i just haven't read it in a couple weeks i've been really focused on comedy which no, i guess good. means that's i'm fair. not it's not fair i actually want to be reading more like that's a goal of mine for this year okay as as 
As much as I compiled books last year, I need to be going through those books. Yeah, but you were reading some of them. Yes, absolutely. So, but I now mean, I just got to read a little bit more than last year. And it is a process. Yeah, I've said this on like I've said this on stage and on I think on because design matters and I did the radio. Okay, but it's like the hardest thing that I've done in my adult life. The two hardest things I think you could do as an adult is start reading if you never read <laughs> and stop watching porn. <laughs> that shit is fucking life on hard mode, nigga. Yeah. Holy fuck. <laughs> and then you realize the less you watch porn, it's kind of you can fill the time with reading. Yeah. Because you spend a lot of time just watching porn. Yeah, you can distract yourself by reading. <laughs> That's how I read so many books. <laughs> <laughs> you just bent up, like, reading the book, <laughs> shaking and shit. <laughs> ah shit uh, Alright let's get into some regular shit for this podcast You know what this is This podcast is a companion piece My side bitch to the comedy career That I have been up to for the last 13 years 13 years of comedian And still nobody knows me Isn't that fun uh, But I wasn't focused on social media I wasn't focused on any of that shit I was focused on being absolutely undeniable on that stage And I, I am grateful to say I have achieved that in my in my little sphere here in the Canadian comedy scene, so now it's time to really start fucking expanding, broadening the horizons. You know what I'm saying? Um, so we are looking to be traveling soon. Um, but in the meantime, let's continue to run down what the fuck it is to be a stand-up comedian in this day and age with the comedy recap. Uh, this past week, fire weekend of shows. Uh, I was in Burlington, Ontario, at the Yuck Yucks in Burlington. Uh, Ron Jossel was the headliner all weekend. There was a snowstorm Friday, so he wasn't able to make it. So everybody got bumped up. Um, <clears throat> I dropped like a 10 minute open, uh, Cedric Newman, who was supposed to be the host ended up headlining. He destroyed, uh, I'm trying to figure out exactly what the lineup was. I can't, ah, fuck. I'm so bad with names, bro. This is the problem with comedy. I used to be so good with names. One nigga's named Sean. <laughs> and it's a white dude. I got to stop doing that. <laughs> Let me give everybody a shout out because everybody absolutely destroyed. So I want to actually do this. Pro it's it's Justin Shaw. That's why I always fuck it up. It's not Sean. It's Justin Shaw. Shout out to Justin. And then shout out to Ronald Hay. Uh, everybody did great. Like... Bro, I got to talk about Burlington Yuck Yucks for a second. Newer club, newer club for the Yuck Yucks franchise. I've never been there, but I've heard like really good things. Finally getting to see this shit. Bruh, it is so perfectly set up for comedy. Low ceilings, like tight. It's a big room, about 150 seats or a decent sized room. Um, 150 seats, but low ceilings. Really good lighting, that classic brick wall. Okay. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and just everybody's just kind of nicely huddled in together. There's, There really is a formula for a mm -hmm. uh, venue for comedy. You can't just put comedy in any place and expect it to work. And they do. <laughs> <laughs> like, they do put it in a lot of weird places. And it often, like, you got to be a really good comedian. A good comedian can transcend the, the venue. Yes. A good comedian, but... I mean, still. A good venue is like an amplifier. Exactly, bro. It's like a good comedian in a good venue? Holy yeah. shit. But now you're adding variables to where you have to do just all this extra work. Mm 
Um, but this wasn't one of those rooms. Somebody said it. I forget which comic said it, but it's like it had a basement vibe, but it was upstairs. Ooh, okay. It was very basement-y, which is great yeah. for comedy. Most clubs are in basement environments. Um, bro, I took two different approaches to the, to the Friday and the Saturday shows. So Friday, I did all my newer stuff that I'm working on. Ah, uh, I wouldn't even say that. I did, I did some of my newer stuff that I'm working on, and then I riffed, um, for for some of it because it was just bro, the room was so hot, uh, and it the Burlington's a really white town. Yep. So I I came up with my white suburbia shit off the hop, uh, <laughs> settled in before I started dropping m bombs like fucking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was one of those sets where it's like, bro, from beginning to end, it was just like the room was shaking. Like once I had, and I got them quick, mm -hmm. and it was just like a constant roller coaster ride up. You know what I mean? And then the drops were the punchlines, but then it was like immediately back up. Yeah. Like there was, I was really proud of that Friday set. I filmed that one too. I'm very happy. Uh, the Saturday set, just, it probably went like 90% as good as the, the Friday set. Like the Friday set was just so good. But what I did differently uh, cause Ron was actually there for the shout outs to Ron Jostle, man. Holy fuck, bro. You do shows with comics like this and they really just show you that there's levels to this shit, bro. Ron is an absolute legend. Like, um, he's mostly in the States now. He's barely in Canada. So I'm, I'm happy I got to do a show with him cause it's been a while and, and I've gotten so much better. Mm -hmm. Like. Like, I'm happy that he got to see that. And then we had the conversations that we did, bro. Like, uh, do you remember the show Video on Trial? No. Okay. So when I was coming up, like when I was in high school and stuff, in Canada, there was a show Video on Trial. Like Canada's version of MTV is much music. And we had the show Video on Trial, which was pretty much, it was like a live action Beavis and Butthead. Like no cartoons, but Beavis and Butthead, the way they would make fun of music videos. It was comedians. It was it was it's, comedians from the Canadian comedy it's scene. starting to come back a little bit. Like, and they would like do all the, the, the modern music videos or the hot music videos, okay. and they would just roast them. <sighs> yeah, I think it's... Yeah, it was one of the yeah, most popular yeah, yeah. shows for our age group. Like, you're a little younger than me, so... Your age group. Shut the fuck up, nigga. You're not that much younger than me. God damn, bro. Uh, <laughs> I deserve that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Ron was one of the standouts. Uh, okay. comics on that show that's where i was first introduced to him then i would see like his uh, comedy now special and all that shit and then like you would just see him in the scene like he, he's been a canadian comic for forever and he's absolutely destroying it in the states has been to mm -hmm. the point where he's barely around i don't even think this nigga has an apartment he's just always on a plane uh and doing shows abroad so it's just it's a good person to be in good company with you know uh, and he's super giving. We had this conversation. I, I had this conversation with him on the Saturday night. I'm like, uh, I just want to pick your brain about some shit. And he's like, yeah, absolutely, man. I love that. I want it like, and then we started talking about, cause his class, like Ron came up with Russell Peters. Uh, <clears throat> like that's his class. Yeah. And, uh, I'll be like, Russell Peters is the biggest fucking Canadian comic ever. I wouldn't say he's as popular as him, but he's like on that level of funny. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and he has his own success and his own fucking accolades and all that stuff. Um, but, like, that's his peer group. So we were talking about how, like, back at, like, that things, as much as things have changed in the comedy game, things haven't really changed. Most people are gatekeepers with information, with opportunities, with connects, 
and connects like the plug, bro. Like yep. he said it himself. He was he was throwing out names, but that's not my place to do that for him. But uh, he was like, yo, so and so would never ever give out information to anybody. Uh, anytime anybody would do good, they would keep them away from a produce like a producer, show producer. Which come on, bro. I've seen this, bro. This is nothing. This mm -hmm. is nothing new. Show business is so scummy. Yeah. And the one thing that I really, one thing that really clicked with me is the people that are the loosest with information and open and honest and sharing and giving with that shit are the funniest, are the most talented people. Yeah. It's the people that are afraid of losing their spot uh, that don't want it because, or losing out on opportunities, quote unquote. Yeah that don't want to give your name out to producers or or put you around opportunities and shit. It's like, I don't know. You've seen my social media the last couple of days. <laughs> I've been blowing the fuck up on these fucking memers. You bitch ass niggas. You ain't comics. Get the fuck out of here. Fucking show up in this comedy club game and you will get buried by niggas like Ron Jocelyn, myself, Cedric New, everybody at that show. If you're a comic, you're a comic and you're not moved in any type of negative way by what I just said. But if you're a memer, if you're a social media guru and you're, you you find yourself saying that I'm a comedian. Oh, and then you find yourself in a comedy club once a month and you're like, yeah, I'm a comedian. Suck my left nut, nigga. You do copy paste shit. All y'all, bro, this social media shit is garbage. This isn't even to one person. This is for anybody who claims to be in my realm of comedy, nigga. The fuck out of here. Comedy is not social media. And as much as you want to take a shortcut. You know what? I also had an epiphany moment, bro. Epiphany moment. Because there are no shortcuts to comedy. No. But what social media has done has given people a shortcut to an audience. Yes. You can build an audience online with bare minimum effort. You can build an audience online by being Carlos Mencia, which most of these people today, it, it sickens me as a comedian. To have gone through the phase of everybody finally realizing, it's like, yo, people like Carlos Messia are cancer. They're poison. All they do is regurgitate other people's hard work and claim it as their own. And once we expose that, once social media came around, we literally have people building their whole fucking careers off of copying and pasting shit. And then they want to claim that they're comedians, but they've, they're not in the clubs. Mm -hmm. They've never been at mics. They've never actually put the goddamn work in. There is a shortcut now to finding your audience. There's never, ever, ever going to be a shortcut to talent. No. And this is why I'm so grateful. And this is why you hear me fucking letting my nuts hang, nigga. I let my nuts hang, nigga. Because I did the hard work. I fucking locked in. And my soul is not, is not tied to fucking digital bullshit. As much as I love the internet and technology because I grew up through this shit... I saw what it is. It's garbage. It's fake. It's it's synthetic natural life. Yeah. It's fake humor. It's fake everything, bro. And it's that to the fucking thousandth degree now. Um it, it's fucking bullshit. So I'm not tolerating that shit. Fuck y'all niggas. You want to show up to a comedy club and you think you're a comic, you better fucking be. And that doesn't mean that you have to be immaculate. You just have to be a comic, bro. Like just fucking put the work in. Because you're not going to get as good as you think you are by just fucking copy-pasting your way through this shit. That will get you nothing. It might get you an audience, but eventually that audience will see that you have nothing to offer them. Put 13 years in, and... And, I, and, and, and yo, the way I view it is I'm a 13-year-old, bro. I'm 13 years in the game. And as good as I am now, bro, like, holy fuck, the doors are fucking flying open. Like, flying open. Mm-hmm. 
Like, niggas are really finally seeing what I always saw when I looked in the mirror, nigga. Like, when I got my dreads. I've had my dreads for 10 years. The first two years, I looked like a goof. Yeah. I looked ridiculous. That, that's always the hardest, like, first couple years. Because as someone that's trying to grow their hair out. Niggas made fun of me. They roasted <laughs> the shit out of me. But you know what I saw when I looked in the mirror? This shit yeah. now. And you yeah. know what's happening now? Oh, my God. Your hair is so beautiful. That's yours? <laughs> oh, my God. Can I touch it? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Your hair. I'm going to fucking rub my clit. Oh, my God. Get out of here, bro. It's my hair. Stop touching it. It's mine. It's not fake, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> and my comedy is this good. The, man, people must be watching this podcast and be like, who is this guy? <laughs> Why is he talking like this? He's talking like he's Chappelle. Nigga, I am him. I'm not Chappelle. I'm me. And I'm, I'm literally the best version of me that can exist today. And you know what's going to happen tomorrow? I'm going to be a better version. That's how my fucking mind works. I'm not trying to fucking take no shortcuts to nothing, nigga. And all of a sudden, my comedy's progressing. Our channel is progressing. Yep. Our clips are progressing. Mm -hmm. All this shit. Because I actually did the hard part first. I made sure I got good. I can walk into any fucking room and torch it. You know how hard that shit is to do with three people, 30 people, 300 people, 3,000 people. Add any variable of numbers, bro. I have at this point now proven all that shit to myself. So this is this is why you speak with confidence. It isn't ego. Y'all niggas is shit. Y'all niggas is fucking up the game. But continue to, because it, it's way easier for, for niggas like me to shine. Yeah. Um going going back a, a couple minutes <laughs> to, to what I just said about this whole fucking copy paste shit. Uh obviously we have to talk about this George Carlin shit. Mm-hmm. Um George Carlin, an absolute legend in the game of comedy, uh, R.I.P. One of again, yo, it's so weird how of my of my five top influences in comedy, four of them now in the last like four weeks have been in the mainstream yeah. news. And th here's the proof. Here's again one of those pieces. George Carlin has been hanging on my wall, just like the Bernie Mac one, just like the Patrice one, just like the Chappelle one, just like the Andy Kaufman one. Like for for over a decade now, George Carlin is probably the first major. Let me get this back on the wall. Let me get this back on the wall. Right. Is it straight? Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, George Carlin is probably the first. Biggest influence. Um, he wasn't the first comic that I came into. Pause. <laughs> Crazy. You beat me to it that Crazy. <laughs> He's not the first comic I discovered. Man, fuck Cam and Mace, bruh. What did they hey, do? Oh, man. <laughs> Shit. Yo, man. <laughs> Damn, I take a hell of pause, man. Uh, it's a positon, dog. Uh, <laughs> George Carlin, like George George Carlin, wasn't the first comedian that I discovered. Um, if anything, that's probably Martin Lawrence or Eddie Griffin. In terms of actual straight up stand up comedy, first comedy I was watching was like Three Stooges, Charlie Chaplin, shit like this. Uh, but in terms of stand up, when I was a young young kid, it was either Eddie Griffin, Message in a Hat. Or Martin Lawrence from the show Martin to his stand-up special. Then like Jamie Foxx and all that shit. But I remember being like 10 
watching George Carlin and like it was almost like my life had shifted. I don't know why I've always gravitated to well, I guess my life experiences have been very intense. Uh I've I've been through a lot of uh aggressive shit in life. So it's given me kind of more a philosophical perspective. I've mm-hmm. always been like this. I've always been a deep thinker since I was a kid and all that shit. So Carlin completely just connected with me. And <laughs> oddly enough, maybe it made me too cynical and shit as a kid, you know? Because I was a kid fucking talking about <laughs> like New World Order. Like <laughs> it, was t- it was too much. But at the same time, it wasn't, bro. Like he was just so profound. And he was the first guy that I discovered that was seamless. It didn't seem like he was doing anything, you know? And and even his style, because I I discovered Carlin in his older age, mm-hmm. as I was younger, but as I became a comedy fan, I would go back and watch all his old specials and stuff. Like his older stuff is way different in terms of delivery and all that stuff. He's kind of he's been political for a long time, but he kind of went more storyteller towards the end of his career, and that's the stuff that's probably most known. Um. Like, how America's one big secret club and you're not in it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not in it. But, like, it's just, it's even hard for me to articulate exactly how profound, like, this this white nigga was. <laughs> <laughs> yo, that guy's, yo, George Carlin was a nigga. I, I don't give a fuck. That was a black man in, in that man's body. Uh, Pause. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Kevin Mace, man. <laughs> So, if you don't know, I don't even don't even put this on the screen. I'm not going to promote it. We're going to talk about it. I don't even want to say the name of it. Okay. As a comedian, this goes against my core ethic. But there is an AI-generated one-hour George Carlin comedy special floating around the internet. If you are interested to see it, I gave you enough information. That's all you have to do. You'll find it. It's out there. Um... There's apparently some podcasts where these guys use an AI and the AI is a comedy fan, whatever the fuck that means. And the AI watched all of George Carlin's specials. Like at, in the beginning of this, I didn't even watch the whole special. I tried to. I got through maybe five to ten minutes and I just wanted to punch my TV. Uh, like it was good in terms of what they were trying to accomplish. It sounds like George Carlin. The jokes are delivered like George Carlin. The the material is very much in line with George Carlin's material. But it's not George Carlin. It's some fucking... And when I was scrubbing through the comments, the people that watched the podcast were saying that they're theorizing that um, it sounds like one of the guys from the podcast was writing the jokes... Cause I think because uh, the podcast has some comedians. comedian guys okay. in it, so people are theorizing that they actually wrote the jokes in the style of George Carlin, which a lot of comedians are fans of George Carlin. Yeah, so they probably would and like if you know him well enough and you're a good writer, you can write in that style. You're not him, but you yeah. can like mimic it. Yeah, and then just feed it. Man, I gotta blow my nose. People must really think I do coke. <laughs> <laughs> uh just feed the lines to an AI voice and yeah. then have the voice read it. That's what people are theorizing. But either way you slice it, it was a one-hour 
thing. I don't even call it a special. It's not special. It's I'll call it a non-special. It was just a video. It was just a video. It had a bunch of AI generated like art to go over the audio. It it's impressive. Yes. This is it, it doesn't replace art. It doesn't freak me out. I, I was with somebody the other day when I first heard the news and I, I was like, oh my God, it's over. Da, 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 da. And they're like, bro, don't freak out. It's not. And I didn't actually mean it. But like, in a way, it's already over anyways. But art is not dead. This isn't a real person that did this. This isn't Carlin that did this. Mm -hmm. If anything, can you pull up his daughter's um, uh, response to the special? Because that I'll actually give his daughter some fucking... I'll give her some airtime. She's actually worth it. Uh, and what she said was really interesting and and I think uh, necessary. I need you to be faster, by the way. Do you want? I'm <laughs> just fucking around. I'm just, like just fucking around. Turn it to what? Do you want an article or do you want like? The no, I just want the tweet. The tweet. I need you to be faster, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> this Let's is the Gestapo up in this bitch. Work faster! <laughs> You're not doing this fast enough! Uh, <laughs> nigga, I hate you. You I'm ruined looking. this podcast. <laughs> we, we're restarting this right now. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say I hate you. That's so intense. You know I don't. No, I know. Oh, go here fuck we go. Woo! <laughs> 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 I'm the worst. <laughs> All right. This is the statement from Kelly Carlin, uh, George's daughter. This is one of three. Okay, so I'll read the whole thing. My statement regarding the AI-generated George Carlin special. My dad spent a lifetime perfecting his craft from his very human life, brain, and imagination. No machine will ever replace his genius. These AI-generated products are clever attempts at trying to recreate a mind that will never exist again. Let's let the artist's work speak for itself. Humans are so afraid of the void that we can't let what has fallen into it stay there. That's a that's bars. That is bars. That's fucking bars. Humans are so afraid of the void that we can't let what has fallen into it stay there. You bombs. You fucking losers. You think, oh, virtual reality is the future. The hoodie. Yeah, keep disconnecting yourself from a natural life and see what happens. Obviously, you never watched any movie or read any book ever. They fucking tell you what happens, you dummy. Anyways, right now they only got your energy through thoughts and work. You're literally going to plug your fucking brain into a box? How do you even control that? You're at the mercy of anybody who's programming the box. You want to upload your consciousness into an AI, into a hard drive? To do what? Fucking work at a digital Walmart, you fucking re... <laughs> Here's the rest of her thing. <laughs> Here's an idea. How about we give some actual living human comedians a listen to? But if you want to listen to the genuine George Carlin, he has 14 comedy specials that you can find anywhere. R.I.P. George Carlin. Love and respect to Kelly Carlin and the Carlin legacy. That motherfucker with his Malcolm X hat. Straight up has comedy specials wearing a Malcolm X hat. That nigga was always at the cookouts. And I'm pretty sure it was a black man reincarnated. Reincarnated. <laughs> Trying to sound all edumacated. <laughs> that was a black man reincarnated in a white man's body. Just here to fuck people's minds up. 
Because he knew that he couldn't fucking get that information across from a black body. No one would listen back then. But a white guy saying all this shit is like, this man is profound, which he was. I'm not even going to act like he wasn't. Like, I'm talking about how big of an influence he was in my life. Like, he's an influence on my influences. Yeah. You know? He's he's MF Doom, nigga. He's your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Yeah. Every comedian who's a real comedian will say George Carlin is one of their top influences. Like, Patrice... Uh, nigga, everybody. I don't even need to fucking go down the rabbit hole. Like, um, yeah, but what? Like, damn, man. The comedy gods really been blessing us with a lot of comedy news to talk about. Uh, if you're interested in that, watch it. It sounds like Carlin. It it's soulless, man. It's not Carlin. So I mean, you obviously most people won't feel the same way about it as I do. I'm a fucking comic. This is. Like I know what it is to to give sweat, blood, and tears to to jokes, and it's not a machine, nigga. I am the machine. Fuck your machine. Anyways, that's the comedy recap for this week. Let's get into a segment that we always do here called poll results. Ladies and gentlemen, every Monday on my Instagram social media feed, and now on the YouTube community page every week. Thank you, Dante. Uh, we post an interactive poll question. We leave it up. The people vote on it. And then we discuss the results in the studio on a weekly basis. Um, give me two seconds. I got to blow my nose. Give me <laughs> All right. I'm back from doing coke. I mean, blowing my nose. <laughs> I don't do coke. God damn it. Uh, I mean, look how relaxed I am. Nigga. I know I go ah! every once in a while, but. If you know a nigga that does coke that acts like this, that's one cool ass nigga, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, let's get into the poll results. Uh, You already know what we do. Every week we ask the question. I just said the thing. Now we're back. This week's poll question. One of my favorite ones that I've asked in a while. I think I'm going to go more in this direction. Okay. Uh, And I had to change the wording on it because I think I made it too easy initially. But this week's poll question. You find $1,000 that belongs to someone you don't like. Do you give it back to them? Simple options, yes and no. The initial wording on this was you find $1,000 that belongs to someone you hate. And I okay. thought that that was way too, like, I would never give it back to somebody I hate. But somebody you don't like, you know? It's not as, not as deep, you know? Okay. Before we get to the results, how do you, how do you vote on this one? You giving that money back, nigga? Yeah. I'm giving it back. Yo, honestly, bro, same. <laughs> For niggas with integrity, I already knew what yeah. I knew. I already knew what you would say. I already because that's just bad juju, bro. That's bad yeah, karma. I wouldn't and want that thousand dollars anyways. I'm a mystical negro. Ah, <laughs> yo, to be honest, bro, a thousand bucks is fucking nothing. If you're really like, I don't know. Even if I need it, I wouldn't take that thousand dollars. Now, how many years back would you have to go to be a version of yourself that would take it? I wouldn't take it. There's no version of yourself that would take it? No. I think I would probably have to go back maybe five years. Okay. Uh, maybe even less than that. Three to five years, and I'd take that money. But now, not taking the money. Yeah. Just, uh, I'm a mystical, magical Negro, bro. Like, <laughs> I, ma- I make the money. I, I poof, yeah. and, and it appears. Why do I need to be taken? Now, question, though. How far out of your way do you go to give the money back? I give it back. Any- no, no, well, what is that? You find it, let's say the person's nowhere around, but you know whose money it is. The hypothetical. Yeah, I do whatever it takes to give them that Nigga, money. Nigga, you're not doing whatever it takes. I'm not keeping you're the not money. leaving your house in the rain. Why not? I- I'm driving a car. If need be. 
Be like, okay, I spent fifty. You got on, that much I spent fifty on gas. You know, I would give it back. Like if the person was in my vicinity, I, if if I knew I was gonna see them again, I would hold on to it and not spend it. Be like, yo, you left this on the floor. Where however they left a thousand dollars because that's how you just drop that. I know, <laughs> I know. This is like one of them ABC. Like, what would you do? Yeah, that's another reason. I don't why think I, I would go back. out of my way. <laughs> See, this is actually, uh, I'm happy that I asked that. I don't know how far out of my way I would go. Well, what would be too far for you then? Like, all right, I would obviously. Would you hold, drive to Toronto? I would hold, I would hold, well, I'm in Toronto all the time. So, okay. If it's like a comic or some shit like this, I'm yeah. giving it back because that's fam. Even if I don't like you, comedy yeah. is fam. Okay. I mean, in general. Yeah. If I view it that way with a comedian, then why wouldn't I with any random person? That's what I mean. I'm giving it back. But I'm not going... I don't know how far out of my way I'm going. I'm just being honest. I don't know how far out of my way I go. I'd hold on to it. I, I, I and if I don't see them like in a month, I'd probably spend like... I'd start spending like 20 bucks. <laughs> I, if, if, if it was someone where I had to catch a flight, I would deposit it into my account and then e-transfer. E-transfer. Yo! <laughs> no, that's noble. Actually, that makes sense. In this day and age, that does make sense. And the bank will be like, where'd you get this money from? Anybody who's <laughs> listening and watching this right now is just like, these niggas is lying. No, Fucking fake, me. nice niggas. I'm they, not. I, I would give it back. They don't know me, son. They don't know me, son. <laughs> um, yeah, yo, I'm wondering. Okay, so I would drive. If, I'm, if it's somewhere that is on my way, yeah. I'll take it. But you can just eat transferred anyways. So nothing's really out of the way. But how much do you really want to interact with someone you don't like? Now you're giving bank it. Now you're exchanging. I just need their email. Right? For e-transfers. And how do you approach someone that you don't like? I would imagine they also don't like you. So you'd be like, yo, I found your money. Give me your email. I'm going to e-transfer you. Like, how does that even? Yeah. And if they're I'd not. Be super, and if they're not okay with it, you keeping it? No. Then if they're if, soft if they, about if it. If they, if they say keep it. Okay. I can keep it. But if they're like. Oh, just drive over. I'm not comfortable with giving my email out. Okay, whatever. It's not that deep. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's see the results. <laughs> These are the Instagram results, by the way. We'll okay, get to so the YouTube, YouTube results ones? after. Yeah, we got some. Uh, 42% said yes, and 58% said no. It's a lot closer than I thought it would be. Um, but yeah, it's pretty simple. On the I, I'm not here. surprised, though, about those results because... Yeah, most people... Oh, I got a hella DMs about it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Fuck them. All that shit. Like, <laughs> hell no. It's like, <laughs> I was spending that shit on hookers and, and blow. It's like, <laughs> just crazy responses. Um, Obviously, the YouTube is just starting to pick up, so mm -hmm. we don't get as many responses as we do on the Instagram feed. Yeah. Uh, I think we had like nine votes yep. on the YouTube. But what are the results on that one? I'm pretty sure the same, right? Ooh, it's even crazier. 11% uh, said yes, and then 89% said no. So damn near one person said yes. Yeah. And eight people said no. <laughs> uh, I like that one. So we'll continue doing that. If yeah. you do want to get in on the poll results, I am AKA Black Zeus on social media. I also, you know, uh, if you subscribe to the YouTube, you'll get the community page updates. So do that if you're interested. We're not begging. We got talent and patience over here. So my nigga will be here. Uh, ba -ba. Before we leave today... We got some fucking fights. Yeah. We're back into it. Uh, UFC 297. Yes. 297. <laughs> yeah. Live 
from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, live from the Scotiabank Arena, it's time! Fighting out of the red corner, this man is a white African. <laughs> He's in the blue corner. I don't give a foot. I don't give a foot. <laughs> Fighting out of the red corner. This man is a white man from South Africa who claims to be an African, which technically is right, but only as right as I am Greek. Yes, I was born in Greece, but does that make me Greek? Versus the <laughs> somehow the most fucking pussy man. Like, he's the manliest pussy I've ever seen. <laughs> he'll cry at the drop of a hat, but then he'll also say you're a bitch for, to, for not being manly. Um, I'm just going by his standards. Apparently, like, to me, Sean Strickland's standards of a man is a man that doesn't cry. And then he went on Theo Vaughn's podcast and cried like a bitch, which isn't wrong. You know, you could cry. Bro, UFC trash talk is getting ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas just be talking about your trauma <laughs> as a diss. Yeah, bro, this guy's not a man. He got raped by his dad. And then Sean Strickland's like, why don't you go fuck your coach? <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird one, but I'm going to give my immediate thoughts on the main event. I don't think Sean Strickland has a chance in hell, bro. Ooh. Maybe a chance in hell, but... Jarkus Duplessis is the real deal. Yeah. I don't see Sean Strickland as the real deal. Adesanya was the real deal, too. And he fair enough. fucked him up. Yo, that is probably the best thing you could have said there. That is the best argument you could have made there. How do you think their styles match up? Okay. Because they both just fucking run in and charge. Neither of them really fucking back up. Yeah, I will say over five rounds... Sean? Yeah. He probably has better cardio. His He's probably way more efficient. He doesn't hit as hard. Definitely not, bro. Duplessis hits harder, but bro, that, that costs a lot of energy. Fair enough. You know what I mean? It costs a lot of energy to hit hard. So, Has uh, Dreykus been in a five-round fight? Has he gone to championship rounds? He says he's not going to let it go there, but that's what every fighter says. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'd have to. He, I think he's been enough because he's done a main event. Yeah, so he's been in the five rounds, but he's ended it, in but before the five rounds, mm. right? Um, I might have to go with Sean on this one just because. Really? Yeah, because I, as as good like because they both have goofy striking, like you know, yeah. they're, they're both kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, all those music shot in the tutu and stuff. Yeah, but <laughs> the thing with Sean is that. He's very good at hitting and not getting hit. You know what I mean? Fair enough. And yep. that's the name of the game, to hit and not get hit. And Sean's, like, probably one of the best. Like, I was watching this video about, like, the statistics of, like, EOC in 2023. Yeah. And, like, you just see Sean's numbers. Like, he landed, like, 900 strikes but only took, like, 80. You know what I mean? So he's, like, something just, like, just straight outlier, you know, fighter. Good for him. Um, And with the way with Duplessis strikes... It's like, imagine trying to be like Adesanya with his crazy strikes, but you don't have the same finesse. You know what I mean? And it's just awkward. It's like upward, like, you know, knuckle punches yeah. and stuff like that. So <clears throat> it's going to be hard for Duplessis to get in. I don't know if he has the same wrestling ability, jujitsu ability. I haven't seen him on the ground, but 
then again, if you're good enough to beat Robert Whitaker the way he did, you know, like that's also a pretty hard thing to do. Very. Yeah. It's not an easy guy to beat. No. Within within three rounds. Yeah, and stop like stopped him. You know what I mean? In his home. Wasn't that back in was that an Australia fight? I don't remember where that was. Yeah, that was was that maybe not. Maybe not. Adesanya fight it fought him in Australia. Fighted. Fighted him. <laughs> <laughs> um What are yeah. friends for? <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, so I I'm 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 gonna go Strickland on this one. I'm go I can't I can't see it with I can't see that. But you are the more pro fight fan, so your opinion matters more on this. <laughs> uh, go with his if you're trying to bet. He's more educated on this, even though I've been watching it longer. <laughs> you think you've been watching UFC longer? Didn't than we me? already do this? No. Yeah, I've been watching it since fucking. Well, I guess tough days. Like before that, though. Like I watched a couple, but like that was in the tapes. I never watched it. I just watched tapes, like I was a couple tapes. Watching it since I was a kid. Really? Yeah. Like before, like the barbaric days? Um, r Right after the barbaric days. Because like it started tough in 1993. Enough, like, you know what tough I mean? season one? Before that, yeah. Okay. So you were watching events. Yeah. I used to, bro, that gladiator entrance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yo. Yeah. I was, I was watching it from like when I was a kid because my dad was a martial artist. Oh like, shit! Yeah, so like we would go. What uh, what was his? Uh, he did taekwondo and boxing. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and like classical boxing. Yes, like traditional boxing. Yes, Western boxing, as they would call it. Mm. <laughs> West Westerner. Yeah. Um. Interesting. All right. Fuck you then. Yeah, but so like we we would watch it and like we would always have like. Like, you'll see watch parties. Like, you know, we'd go to, like, my uncle's place or they would come over and we'd all be watching. So sick. What's the first memory you have of UFC? The first memory? If if I had to, like, put a number on it. Yeah. Somewhere around UFC 45, maybe, like, pay-per-view-wise. But um, that's not a memory. You just give me a number. I want that's the that's a memory. Like in terms How's of fights, yeah, bro. You can tell me the card then. I don't remember. Go the fuck card. yourself, nigga. That's, that's, no, that's so no, long ago. What do you mean? No I was a kid. Oh, I can remember forty five. That's like me saying I remember WrestleMania six, nigga. I don't fucking okay. I, if I can't I'm, tell you the card. I remember you like don't remember. Shit. I remember Shamrock Tito days. And yes, like, definitely the, was watching those. Iceman. I remember. When Iceman got knocked out by uh, Rampage, oof! Do you remember that? Yeah, of course. That was that was a little bit later, but yeah. Like, do you remember the? Because Iceman was. What was nigga. the What was the pay per view main event for the Tough Enough season finale? Couture versus no, Tough Enough or the Ultimate Fighter? The Ultimate Fighter. Sorry, not Tough. Stephen enough. Bonner, Forrest Griffith. No, 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 not the actual like the pay per view, not the season finale. The pay-per-view was the coaches, right? And that was Couture versus Chuck Liddell. I was watching a little bit before then. But okay. I really became a fan during that season of The Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Like, that was... I still... Diego ever, Sanchez. <laughs> I will still watch that Sanchez-Clay Guida fight. Mm. I still pull that up, like, once a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yo, this is one of my favorite fights of all time, bro. Crazy. I cannot believe Clay Guida is still active. 
Is he retired now after that no. last fight? He just fought. Yeah, he's not retired. How is he still active? He's a wrestler. Wrestlers are different, bro. Diego's done, right? Like he he's retired. He's probably fighting in a different organization. Oh my god. He's not in the UFC, I don't think. But oh my god. Yeah. That's wild. That guy took so many headshots. Uh, all right, let's go through a little bit of this card then. The co-main event. Oh, that's why Sean Strickland was saying, <laughs> how can people say I'm not a feminist when I'm helping two women get a co-main event? That's so funny. <laughs> this is the co-main event. Raquel Pennington versus Mara Buenasilva. Okay. Yeah, for the vacant bantamweight. Because uh, um, Come on, Amanda Nunes. Nunes, yeah. She vacated Yeah, the lioness. Okay, uh, scroll, what do you think for this? I got Bueno Silva. You got Bueno Silva? Yeah. Uh, why? She's a better fighter. All right, fair enough. That's all that needs to be said. <laughs> hey, we got Neil Magny fighting. Oh, this is going to be hard. Mike Malott. Oh, Canadian boy. Yeah. You like Neil, though, no? You're, Neil's you're, good. You're a Magny fan, aren't I'm you? I'm a Magny fan. Magny fan. Um, who do you got for this one? The thing is, they're really trying to push him a lot to be the next GSP because he's Canadian and da 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 da. You know what I mean? So, what you think it's a mismatch? Magni's a little bit older now. When you get older, you get a little bit slower. That's fair. And he might still have the cardio, but good cardio when you're slow just means you get beat up longer. That's hilarious. You know what I mean? So that's really funny. <laughs> um. I would like to see Magni win. Yeah. But I think it's hard to do against Malat. So I'm gonna pick Malat, even though I like Magni. Fair enough. Okay. Let's uh let's scroll down a little more. Uh Chris Curtis, Mark Andre Berrio. Berrio? Yeah. That's French as shit. Yep. All right. Chris Curtis is Sean Strickland's uh like teammate. Teammate? Yep. The action man. The action. I'm the action man. I'm Chris <laughs> Curtis, the action man. What's his record? Chris let's, Curtis? let's see how much action. Hello, I'm Chris Curtis. I'm the action man. 30, 10, and oh. He's been fighting a lot. That's Damn. a lot of action. <laughs> That's a lot of action, bro. Holy shit. All right. Fair enough. Who do you got for this? Ooh, we. I. Here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stick it to the Mr. Burns hands. Um, so Andre Barrio, once again, they were trying to push him. He's a cardio machine. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to work against Chris Curtis. Do you think a TKO? Chris or, Curtis TKO? Or knockout. All right. Yep. Uh, this is still the main card? We're yep. still on the main card? Arnold Allen versus uh, Mozar. Wait, Mozar? I guess it's just Mozar. Mov. It is Movsar? Yeah. Damn. I thought it would be silent. <laughs> A silent V? <laughs> well, Movsar is awkward. What do you mean? It's Russian. Fair enough. That's all you <laughs> had to say. It's Movsar. Das Vidanya. It's Movsar Ivlov. Hey, that actually sounds Russian as shit. It's, my name is Mozar Ivlov. Watch how you talk to me, Das Vidanya. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Vic. Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. <laughs> um, 140 to 166. All right, the odds aren't too crazy apart. What do you What do you think for this one? I will say, Mavsar, he was very 
like everyone had high expectations of him when he was like coming up. Yeah. Then he just started squeaking by like split decisions. And Arnold Allen actually fought, I believe it was Max Holloway not too long ago. Mm. Even though he got beat up by Max Holloway, it's like tough fight. That's a, a good fight. You yeah. know what I mean? Whereas, like I said, Mobstar is just just barely squeaking by, you know? Fighting lesser opponents and stuff. Yeah. So you're going with Arnold? Yeah. And he trains with Faraz Sahabi. So I'm, okay. a, I'm a little bit biased. Okay, fair enough. All right. Well, that is UFC 297. I hope you guys enjoy the fights. Um, yeah, let's get the fuck on out of here. Dante, yeah. you got any closing messages for the people, Dem? Dodge the hijack. Dodge the hijack. Uh, where can the people find you online? Uh, you can find me online at Person1Prod, P-E-R-S-O-N, the number one, P-R-O-D. Follow your boy. Dodge the hijack. I am <laughs> AKA Black Zeus. That's AKA B-L-A-C-K-Z-E-U-S. It scrolls at the bottom of the screen every couple of minutes. If you're watching, if you're listening, then that once again is AKA Black Zeus on Instagram, on YouTube, on Twitter, X, whatever the fuck. I'm not on TikTok. Suck my left knot. I'm not on threads. Suck my right knot. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm a funny comedian and I don't give a fuck about this shit. Uh, except for what I give a fuck about. And that is you, the beautiful people. You are the beautiful people of this podcast. And I love and appreciate you for always being here and continuing to pile up. The people are joining. If you want to be a part of the beautiful people program, all you got to do is hit that subscribe button. I'm not begging you. Just fucking do it if you like it. Whatever, nigga. Uh, <laughs> but uh, other than that, this has been Black Sister Podcast Season 4, Episode 49. We will be back next week with the season finale, baby. Yeah. Until then, deuces.